there's always been a separation between fashion and what I call my deeper work. Fashion is where I make my living. I'm not knocking it. It's a pleasure to make a living that way. It's pleasure. And then there's the deeper pleasure of doing my portraits. It's not important what I consider myself to be, but I consider myself to be a portrait photographer. Richard Avedon said that. Welcome to the festive uh, a photographic life podcast. Uh, a Merry Christmas to you all. This year, I've decided to focus on Richard Avenon for our Christmas special. And we're going to have a special guest joining us connected with Avedon. I'm going to tell you a few stories that I was told about him and also kind of share my personal experience of working with him in the studio. But I wanted to start out by explaining exactly why I've chosen Richard Avedon. He may be a photographer that a lot of you dismiss. He may be a photographer that a lot of you feel is only confined to the glossy pages of Vogue magazine. But in my hand, I have a book, and that book is called The New York School, Photographs 1936 to 1963 uh, by Jane Livingston. And this book came out in 1992. You can probably hear me turning the pages. Within this book is featured the work of photographers such as Lisette Modell, Helen Levitt, Robert Frank, Louis Ferrer, William Klein, Ouija, Saul Leiter, Leon Levenstein, Bruce Davidson, Diane Arbus, Alexei Brodovich, Sid Grossman, and Richard Avedon. And when I got that book back in 1992, it, it was a revelation for me about Avedon's work because it placed him into a context and amongst other photographers who were not uh, associated with those glossy pages of Vogue magazine. It made me immediately want to reach out to him and work with him. And that's exactly what happened. I was very lucky to have the opportunity to work with Avedon on a portrait of his then agent, the super agent, literary agent, Andrew Wiley. I went over to New York and um, made my way to his studio. My memory is um, slightly dark. I, I seem to remember everything being dark in his studio space. But what really stayed with me was his lightness of touch. He was like a dancer and it made complete sense to me that Fred Astaire played him famously in, uh, in the Hollywood film. And I think that uh, what, what it taught, taught me, I suppose, was that he, he kind of danced, he bounced around the room. His, his conversation was light. He was very beguiling. He was, he was incredibly nice very accommodating and I started to realize that this was a really key element for me of portrait photography but also of engagement with people that somebody who had been doing what he was doing when I, I worked with him in the mid-1990s he'd been doing it for a long time he'd met everybody um, who was culturally politically socially significant and he'd also created a body of personal work which is often either not seen or um, i suppose kind of dismissed and that's such a great shame um 
Of course, we all know of American, the American West book, but there is so much more. Anyway, what, what I recognised in Avedon when I worked with him was this passion and this enthusiasm that he still had for what he was doing. And that was, I found that incredibly inspiring. What also uh, kind of stuck with me over the years is that after we actually uh, created the portrait, a couple of weeks later, the print arrived. And it was one singular print, a beautiful print, incredibly packaged. And the, and the, the print had been suspended between little blocks. Um, I can't remember now whether or not they were like a polystyrene. I think they were. But the print was suspended within the box so that nothing could touch it, either below or above. There was an incredible sense of attention to detail, of getting things right. And that was so important to Richard Avedon. And it became so important to me also. I learned so much from that one uh, session with, with the great man. I said also that I would tell a few stories about Richard Avedon, and here are a couple. At the same time, I also, in the 90s, I became very friendly with the French photographer Jean-Luc Cieff. Cieff, and actually also at the time, William Klein, were not really shooting very much photography at all. And um, Klein is also someone I reached out to um, and, start, and commissioned. And some of the work that uh, I commissioned is now in his books and exhibited and so forth. An interesting connection there between an editorial commission then becoming something which is collectible and, and on the gallery wall, as Avedon's work was. I also forgot to mention there that his exhibition at the National Portrait Gallery, which again I think was also in the 1990s, such a revolution in how to uh, exhibit work and display work, hugely influential. Anyway, Jean-Luc Cieff um, was a friend of Avedon's and uh, as we spent much time sitting and talking, he told me a couple of stories. I'm not going to tell them to you now. Um, don't expect huge revelations, but I think they give you a sense of who Avedon was and also the kind of world in which he was working in. The first one concerns... Um, CF actually having a conversation with um, Avedon and Avedon uh, suggesting that um, he'd been allowed the Aristotle Anassis's famous yacht, the Christina O, and that um, he'd been given it for a few weeks and he would be allowed to um, sail this yacht around the Greek islands. This was back in, I think, 1968, 67, 68, around that time. And Avedon had decided that he would shoot a fashion story for Italian Vogue magazine on the yacht. And he'd invited the, the iconic 60s uh, model, Jean Shrimpton, to join him on the yacht and that she would be the model. And that he wanted Jean-Luc Cieff to be the male model. And the idea was that the three of them would sail around the Greek islands, just having an amazing time and photographing that time, documenting that experience. It seemed so incredible to me at the time that such a thing would be allowed to happen, that I was slightly dubious um, as to the accuracy of the story. So I immediately um, went down. I was working at uh, Vogue House at um, Condé Nast in London at the time, 
I immediately went down to the basement of the building, which has an incredible archive of every single Condé Nast title ever produced, all leather bound. And I went um, to the Italian Vogue section and I started to work my way through page by page of around that late 60s period to see if I could see these pictures and whether it had actually occurred. Well, I found them and it had, and they were incredible pictures, so redolent of the time. Really interesting pictures that I feel are incredibly contemporary to today. The kind of work that perhaps Avedon isn't remembered for. So, underneath this podcast on the United Nations of Photography.com website um, are those actual spreads from the magazine. So, please take some time to have a look at them. On a different level, um, Jean Luc told me another story about Avedon, and I think this really sums up his kind of attention to perfection and the deep passion he held for the work he created. And this is why I'm, I feel it's so important to not just dismiss him as just a fashion photographer, or even actually just to dismiss fashion photography. So uh, Jean-Luc um, went up to Avedon Studio in New York, and um, there was a big gaggle of people outside the studio. And they all suggested that Jean-Luc didn't go in because uh, Dickie was, was really quite distressed, and they decided to get out of the studio and give him some space. Jean-Luc was a fantastically uh, kind of straightforward kind of a guy, and uh, he wasn't going to take that, so he, he marched in to the studio, where he found Avedon curled in a kind of a fetal position uh, in the studio space near a, a, a backdrop. John Lube said, well, what's the problem? What, what, what's wrong? And whether this was through tears or not, but certainly highly emotional, Avedon said, they've asked me to shoot the story that I'd shot against a black background. Vreeland wants me to shoot it for American Vogue again against a white background. And that's just not true to what I wanted. Now, there's a few ways you can see that story. I know it could very easily sit into a kind of a overly precious fashion photography kind of situation. But for me, it really shows the passion that he had for his work and also that sense of commitment he had to everything that he did. Final little story for you around Avedon. And this takes me back. I know it's a bit of a name dropping uh, episode, but hey, what the hell? It's Christmas and I've got a brandy sitting next to me and I hope you have too. So um, the whole uh, situation with uh, Avedon and signing books. Anybody could leave a book, an Avedon book that you'd bought, you could leave it at his studio in New York and he'd sign it. You'd go back the next day and uh, your book would be signed for you. And I think that's a really lovely thing. It's, it shows that kind of connection. The name dropping is that uh, I remember one time David Bailey giving me a book and signing it to me and saying, that's a rare thing, not like an Avedon. Avedons are all signed. I rarely sign them. And maybe he signs a few more now. I'm not too sure. To continue our kind of Avedon theme for this Christmas special, uh, I reached out to Gideon Lewin. 
Gideon was born in Jerusalem, Israel, and graduated from the Art Center College of Design in Los Angeles, where he majored in advertising and photography. He was the studio manager and right-hand man to Avedon for 16 years, during which time he collaborated with Avedon on many projects, including exhibitions, books, whilst travelling with him extensively for editorial assignments. Lewin also continued to create his own work during this period and established his own independent studio in 1980, collaborating with American and European designers on advertising, promotion and books. Lewin has photographed and produced two books and his editorial work has been published in Harper's Bazaar, Vogue and Elle, among many others. And he's photographed personalities including Clint Eastwood, Lauren Bacall, Donna Karen and of course Richard Avedon. A retrospective exhibition of his work was held at the Museum of Photography in Mujan, France, and his work has been featured in solo exhibitions in the US and Europe. He's also just um, published Gideon Lewin, The Avedon Years, 1964 to 1980. Maybe some of you were lucky enough to have that under the Christmas tree this morning. As regular podcast listeners know, what we usually do with our contributors is to ask them what photography means to them. But as a special Christmas treat, I came up with a, a new kind of a format. The format is based on the Proust questionnaire, where Marcel Proust answered a series of questions and those answers are kind of revealed something about the personality of the person. I decided to give that Proust questionnaire a twist and turning it into a photo questionnaire. And that's what I sent to Gideon. And those are the answers, and those are the questions that we're going to be hearing now. Hi, Grant. Uh, this is Gideon Lewin. So, to get to the point and answer your questions, uh, first, I'm uh, humbled that you asked me uh, to participate in your podcast. And uh, I hope that my answers will be sufficient. What is my greatest photo fear? That is a very difficult question. But I thought about it, and it really is missing the great moment. The moment that you did not, you were not able to record. Sometimes you see something and either don't have your camera or you just miss it because it happened so fast. Uh, you know, I graduated from Art Center College of Design in 1964 and my first job was, was with Richard Avedon and actually uh, it was Avedon and Hero who were associated. So I had both uh, super photographers uh, as my mentors. We worked with the top models and personalities. The standards were so high, they remained my guiding light throughout my life. Uh, you know, we worked with Jean Shrimpton and Verushka and Rene Russo and Lauren Hutton, Apollonia, Angelica Houston. And personalities like Elizabeth Taylor and Sophia Loren and Cher and Liza Minnelli, uh, Catherine Deneuve and Barbara Streisand, Andy Warhol in the factory. I mean, so many more. Uh, 
There certainly wasn't a dull moment in the 16 years that I worked with him. My most vivid moment in photography uh, is really working with a hero, Hiro Wakabayashi. Uh, we were on a trip to Little Dick's Bay for Harper's Bazaar uh, to photograph very, very expensive jewels that we had with us. And Hiro decided that uh, in the morning we'll go out by boat into the waters and photograph underwater. Unfortunately, I had a very large breakfast. Little did I know that I was so, my stomach was so sensitive. But <clears throat> the waters were murky anyhow, and we gave up the idea of, of photographing underwater. Uh, so we went back to the beach and dug a big pool and settled the various pieces of jewels in a beautiful composition. Here was aiming his camera, and I was holding a little portable strobe to give everything a spark. And as we were sitting there, just about to photograph, a big wave came and took everything with it. We dropped everything and scurried into the water and dug up in the sand and luckily we were able to recover the beautiful jewels. Of course, our hearts just stopped for the moment. Well, we accomplished on the second take, uh, we accomplished what we had to do and we came up with a beautiful photograph. Uh, the next question is, what is the most, what do I consider the most overrated virtue? I don't know whether it's a virtue. Uh, fame uh, can be a virtue and most times it is not. Uh, I think the ability to work every day and be creative and productive is really a virtue. Which phrases do I mostly overuse? Well, great, beautiful. If I achieve something that is great, it is very satisfying. If I see something that is very beautiful, I acknowledge it. The talent I was like, would like to have, if I could. I would like to have, since my voice is very soft in general, uh, always has been, I would like to have the ability to speak to a large audience and without notes. What is your most treasured possession? Uh, I don't have any possessions. I have great memories 
and I cherish them dearly. My hero of photography is Hiro Wakabayashi, who taught me precision, lighting, composition, and look at things differently. What is my greatest regret? Uh, not to have done more editorial work. I was too busy supporting and providing. And what is my motto? Every day is a new day. Do your best. I love you all. Thank you, Gideon, there for a fantastic contribution. Uh, I think you'll agree. And a little bit of an insight there as to um, the importance of an assistant and a supporter of the great photographers. Just leaves me to finish, I think, with some final words from Richard Avedon. And if a day goes by without my doing something related to photography, it's as though I've neglected something essential to my existence as though I had forgotten to wake up. I know that the accident of my being a photographer has made my life possible. Thank you for listening. Have a great Christmas break. And as always, take care.